0: I'm Jason Klom, and this is the Comedy on Vinyl Podcast. year is 1983. The album is Eddie Murphy, comedian. The artist, of course, is Eddie Murphy. And my guest is Elizabeth Lane. Thank you so much for thank doing the show. Thank
1: you for having me. So excited.
0: I almost said thank you for being here. I I avoided <laughs> that. I always do that, even <laughs> when I'm in another person's home. But I I, I, I uh, did not do that today. So I was surprised. First of all, surprised nobody we ever picked this one.
1: I know. As was I. I thought, yeah. I mean, this is the only real, I feel like comedy album I could authentically say you know, affected my life sure. profoundly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "There's no way this has not been done." I
0: know. We did his first album, and mm-hmm. that one's even more like. Light- and I don't know. God, people are gonna hate me for this. I don't know if there's a TV special that goes to the first album. If that's raw, I don't think it's the same album. Okay. I could be completely wrong, but either way, this album is also delirious. The TV special. Yeah. So you saw it as a TV special. Right. Um. So when did you first see it? Were you supposed to see it?
1: Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I don't know how I first saw it. I, I, I do remember, I mean, I was in high school, so this was like 95 mm-hmm. probably, and I think I watched it with a group of friends at like a party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like it's like people who are alcoholics when they're like, I took that first sip and I knew <laughs> I was different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so into it, and I like all of my other friends thought it was kind of funny, but I was like, "This is genius," oh, yeah. and, um, and then it became a thing. Like, I watched it all the time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then when I was in college, I lost the VHS I had of it, and so I was going to this little video store. And they had a copy of it, and I rented it so often that one day I went in, and the guy was like, like slipped me a a burn of it. it was like, Uh-oh. just, just take this. <laughs> like he was so ashamed for me. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I love that
0: you watched it that many times. Is there was there a component to watching it to you that like helps you enjoy it, or do you like the album just as much?
1: It was fun listening to the album, but I have the special so memorized that I was just envisioning you know yeah did. yeah well, there's a lot
0: missing from it in terms of like i can tell there are a couple facial expressions that he does that i'm totally missing out on right uh especially like i'm pretty sure maybe i've only imagined it but when he drops the microphone as the ice cream i know there's a couple things he does yeah yes oh man this album is we, we can start out in terms of talking about the content that if you are uh it's it's of the 80s yes it's of a 23 year old man Yes. So it might start out a little, uh, maybe not according to one's sensibilities.
1: Yeah. It was weird listening to it now, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, versus a 15-year-old white girl in yeah. suburban St. Louis. <laughs> um, you know, I like it's weird. I have a hard time reconciling some of it, yeah. but I'm like, because he says the word faggot like mm-hmm. off the bat multiple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like a mention of like you you getting getting that AIDS on your hands, Uh you know, there's a lot of stuff that is not great. Right. And I don't know if it's just me clinging to something I want it to be, but I still felt listening to it like you know, given the time that it was in, Mm -hmm. that he still did a great job of, even though he starts off by saying faggot, it's like reeling in those people who are like on board with that and then kind of flipping the narrative on them, Mm -hmm. so that by the end of it, I feel like people still maybe had a new perspective on things. Yeah, yeah. That might be a stretch, and I might be just trying to, I like... was doing the
0: same thing, listening <laughs> to it, though. And, yeah, there's a part of me that wants so hard... Like, it's not like listening to... Here's the thing. What we're dealing with is material, and uh, in at least in my opinion, if you change as a person... Because he's apologized, at least for using the word, and, mm-hmm. you know, since. And, like, if you know what you can change as a person. It's not like listening to Bill Cosby, where it's perfect comedy, but the person's a piece of crap. It's like, right. this is imperfect material. Mm-hmm. But also in some, like, I think he does do that. Whether he means to or not, there's a lot of, like, you know, I I kid him. Like, I kid him. Like, but I kid everybody. Like, he's doing, like, he, there's no reason to apologize for that if he doesn't actually have a soft spot. Right. There's not necessarily any good reason to use that word so many times. I'm not justifying that. Yeah. But I think there is, there is something to his approach to it. And whether he meant to or not, I think he does exactly what you said he does. At least he reeled me back in. And I'm a very sensitive, you know,
1: i i kind of listening to it now i was like first of all i was horrified that as a young person i wasn't horrified you know what i mean yeah like but then i was like oh good like i hope all the people who think it's okay to use the word faggot would listen to this and then or see it and then by the end of it he has like the grumpy old men are asking each other to fuck them up each other up the ass (laughs) in a way that's like humanizing it and being Uh like listen he he kind of says it in a way that's like they could be gay too they just like it's like validating that anyone could be gay it's not a choice it's not a this Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. which I was like okay well that's something but
0: yeah (laughs) yeah no I know it's hard like there's a lot of again he's like no excuses but he's like 23 or 24 here
1: yes and he's on
0: top of the world and like he's just like you can hear friggin gears turning and like you know and
1: there are so many things like the moment where I mean he listen he's covering homosexuality the AIDS crisis um domestic violence you know there's Uh there's the part where he's talking about like back in the day you could just slap a woman (laughs) oh
0: my god I know
1: (laughs) And now, <laughs> but then he flips it on its head mm-hmm. where he, he goes to show like what it is now if you slap a woman yeah. and that the woman goes ape shit on your ass mm-hmm. and like, it was my first time I think seeing stuff like this that I, I think I knew even then was like not really, it was like uncomfortable territory, sure, yeah, but that he like explored in so many different levels and layers that it, made it not only okay, but, like, enjoyable to explore with him. Yeah. Whereas, like, at that point in my life, I, you know, I think was, like, terrified of thinking about anything. Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It was... Uh, it was very interesting this time around because mm-hmm. I mean, it's been probably like eight years since i okay
0: yeah no i think maybe me too since the last time i listened to because i mean I originally bought it because i stole it because it was late 90s and uh, i apologize anymore, but he's doing fine <laughs> uh but yeah i because i i just uh just to give a little bit of perspective i've had a shitty day and i came home or i was on my way here and listening to this album like i was unexpectedly like picked up and like laughing harder than i usually like this this you know like an album served its purpose this is what it's supposed to do and like again i I felt a little guilty because of some of the material but for the most part like this has got the energy i think the energy is what sells so much of it
1: oh it's so good what was your day bad
0: i just have a i have a i have a really awful day job and a bad commute and i'm literally working on six projects right now oh my god you probably know what that's like you have a lot of guess and everything else to deal it's with. It's overwhelming. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then when you have a day job on top of it, then it's just like, Ugh. But this yeah. album really took care of it like that's instantly. Great. You know, and I so I'm really glad she picked this. And honestly, like there's so I really wish I hadn't laughed so hard at at uh, the honeymooners doing each other up the butt. <laughs> but man But it like, is
1: funny. <laughs> it's a great gag
0: on its own. Like it's just the idea of that happening is very funny and silly. It's not even judgmental and that's one of the things where it's like I think there's something to what he's doing when he's not saying faggot and when he's not... But he, but also, there's this element of him saying, you know, I'm afraid of gay people, but there's this more... It's almost more of a like, well, that's my problem.
1: Yes, there you know? seems to be... Honestly, for a 23-year-old, and especially back in that time, mm-hmm. even though he is stepping in all of these landmines mm-hmm. that we recognize now, clearly, yeah. he seems to be so self-aware in a way that's like, was is still to me I'm like kind of in awe of it. As a twenty three year old, even though like the thing that he's talking about, you know, back in the day women, you know, the man's driving the car and the woman's like, let me out of this car right now and he's like, We won't be having any of that. And now and then he's like, these days she's like, let me out and he's like, Get out, bitch. Right. Which is it's it's funny. yeah no, the bit though. is really funny.
0: That's the other thing, too. Like, uh, you can't do, like, the way we're doing it, you can't do it without doing voices. Because he's so... I, you forget how voice-heavy he is. Oh, yeah. And how accurate he is.
1: His Stevie Wonder. Oh,
0: my God. So <laughs> funny. Oh. And, like, he also... It's That's a weird thing, too, where he's got this, like, bragging, like, hey, I get to hang out with Stevie Wonder all the time. But also, like, he's got this... Thing where he's just humanizing Stevie Wonder by just telling him to shut the fuck up constantly. You know, that's again. I'm not impressed. Take the wheel for a bit, motherfucker. That is <laughs> my favorite bit in That novel. was so but good. It. I'd forgotten it, but it is one of my, Oh, I remember I did Stevie Wonder on the show once. And black people lost their motherfucking minds. I had brothers
1: rolling up on me going,
0: hey, you the motherfucker I be doing Stevie Wonder? That shit ain't funny, motherfucker. Don't you never let me see you do that shit again. I fuck you up. Yeah. See the one that's a music genius. I have all of his albums, motherfucker. I have all of them. I have music on my mind. I have motherfucking talking books. I have fulfilling it for, fulfilling it for, fucking you know the good one. I got all that shit, man. But yeah. you never let me see you do that shit again. Ever. I got mad. I was hanging out with Stevie two months ago. I said, look, Steve, I get too much motherfucking flack over this impression. I don't like doing it. I ain't doing the shit no more. Stevie said, when I feel that, I said, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but you got to cut Steve off quick, because if you get a roll going, he'll talk your ears off. <laughs> you ever see Steve win a Grammy and come up and give one of them long-ass acceptance speeches? I say, and the winner is Stevie Wonder. Stevie, you talking about... And I'd like to say that all the people in the world today... God's choosing and th- and maybe just take the motherfucking award and get the hell
1: out. He's he so good and nuanced at the impressions, like the the drunk uncle at the barbecue. Oh man, yeah. Who's like the perfect amount of like slurring <laughs> but also you're rooting for him, like he has a point. Mm-hmm. He so it's like the drunk dad is yelling at the uncle who comes over and like <laughs> takes over the barbecue and lights the yard on fire and everything, but the way he does it I I just think I think he's a genius yeah you know I just and it's so funny and it makes you think yeah even this like it's making us think about like how do we feel about these things and you know it's great
0: and his uh his <laughs> Michael Jackson is one of my favorite bits too. Just <laughs> when he's just talking about, he does a perfect, like pretty dead-on Michael Jackson singing. And then you know, I did a bit that I'd forgotten, was, Tito, give me some tissue. And I don't know why <laughs> Tito, give me some tissue is so. I think it's because he says tissue is one of the funniest things in it.
1: I think it. Yeah, I think it's the alliteration of Tito, get me Tito and tissue. But he says t- it so like Tito, give me some tissue. <laughs> it's very. <laughs> Yeah, it's very humanizing.
0: Yeah. Any I don't know. Like do you have a do you have a favorite bit on this whole album or you've heard it so many times? Oh, I gosh. love this. I just love that you've heard it that many <laughs> times. I've seen it that many times.
1: Um I mean, the ice cream bit is so good. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. whole thing is so great. And then um, I think the I think the the bit the backyard barbecue and then it's there's an ant like a heavyset ant and she's running down the stairs and he does her falling down the stairs <laughs> and her falling down the stairs it takes like 30 seconds at least uh-huh. and in the middle of it it's like ah it's, <laughs> i can't do it just i know it's this so is, hard Do you find this all the time on your Uh podcast? It's just people retelling the jokes, but... No, people
0: don't do it enough.
1: Okay. Like, I feel like if
0: if it's like Monty Python, that's, like, comes with the territory, but not enough. No. Well, a lot of people, though, I don't think are... I don't know. Maybe they're not comfortable doing it, that they're not going to do it right. But I just did Eddie Murphy's voice, and some people might even find that offensive. So, like, I don't care. (laughs) If you just... If you... You know...
1: Well, strap on your seatbelts, because I'm about to do the whole damn thing. Yay! yay. That
0: would be amazing. You know, I have, and we've talked about this a lot on the show, I have wanted to do a live show where people do other comedians' bits, or their favorite comedians' bits. so brilliant. Just to see, but then I found out recently, apparently Jim Brewer also has been doing that in New York, so Jim Brewer, I'm not trying to steal your idea, um, but I want to steal your idea, so we should (laughs) should, actually in some way contact him about it. But, like, you know, because I can do Carlin's seven words, like, from, basically, from memory. And, Uh you know, but I do the impression uh, when I do it. There's there's something about, like, speaking of impressions, like, his ability to not just do the voices, but like you're saying, like, he does, like, does this a fat woman tumbling down the stairs. And there's something very, Mm -hmm. it's kind of perfect. It is. You know? (laughs) Uh, And it also, like you said, it's a really long bit, and the middle is like, oh,
1: I'm halfway down the stairs now. That is one of
0: the (laughs) favorite parts of the whole thing. Um, I'm so distracted by your dog. That oh. is so sweet.
1: Well, our animals are just loving you.
0: Yeah. Well, they can sense that I'm, you know, not a giant piece of crap. That's nice. <laughs> Hi, you're making my day, dog. Um, so wait. So you're 15 when you first see it with a bunch of friends.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How many times then do you think you, you, you rented it back when you could rent things?
1: Probably hundreds. Oh. I mean, oh <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Listen, I used to like get really stoned. hmm in college, mm-hmm. and this was like, I also, I was like going through, a, I had lost my parents mm-hmm. and going through like dark times, mm-hmm. so, um, this was like my, part of my ritual. Yeah, you okay,
0: know? no, see, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Do you, did you, <laughs> I'm trying to think, what, what about it do you relate to most? Because there's, there's something in there that I'm, like the ice cream thing is like it makes me feel like a kid listening to it. Yeah. So, you know?
1: I feel like at the time, I feel like, well, honestly, I don't think I've been exposed to much comedy at all. Okay. So this was sort of my first exposure at all anyway. Yeah. And then um, I think that it did seem so taboo, but not like mean spirited. Yeah. You yeah. know, there was something. So I think that was attractive to me. And like, I also grew up in like, very privileged Republican. So I think back, that's what feels yucky about it, honestly. I think uh-huh. back to like watching this with my then boyfriend mm-hmm. and us laughing so hard at it, but now in hindsight, I'm like he was laughing for all the wrong all, reasons. Right, okay. Um, but there was like a safety to that mm-hmm. in a weird way. <laughs> sure, no, of course, yeah. So yeah, I don't know, but it definitely was the first time I was like, oh, comedy is a thing and it's a smart thing. It's not like people just making dumb jokes. Right. It's like he shaped the way I like looked at situations and people and, Mm -hmm. you know, so that was exciting.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Did he... Hi, Uh, (laughs) (laughs)
1: my dog is obsessed.
0: I'm trying to think. Like it's so interesting because you've got this like just this heavy involvement with it, and like you said, it's this comfort thing. It's like it is for me with like I'm now doing a podcast, Bad News Radio, because I've seen or heard every episode about 30 times.
1: Oh, I love that. We have we have the DVD. You you do. It is covered by a children's book. It is absolutely. It's so good.
0: And it's like, it again, it's a comfort thing, mm-hmm. but also at the same time, it's a comfort because it's made so, so, so well. Right. Um, I'm,
1: I... I'm like that with Golden Girls, actually. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see that, I, <laughs> yeah. I get that. I think we own the first four, we haven't started watching them yet, but we have them as well sitting around. Okay. Kind of waiting. Is, any, is anybody doing a Golden Girls podcast? Because I feel like that needs yes, to be on Yes, for are. sure, oh, yeah. Oh my God, dang it, why need to be on that show then? Um, I'm trying to think, like what else has this sort of, I mean, in- informed about your life? Can you identify anything or is it just... Well,
1: I, I think... I think, like, not to... not to get too dramatic about it, but I That's don't... Okay. I think that without this, I wouldn't have, like, gotten into comedy at all. Yeah. I didn't even know it was, like, a path Yeah. until I saw this. And I think... I mean, it's shaped... That... Me being in comedy has informed every aspect of my life completely yeah. like once I decided that's what I was doing even like it's why I moved to New York which is where I met my husband mm-hmm. and he's he's the one who made my kids with me mm-hmm. you know so like every everything goes back to Eddie Murphy <laughs> basically <laughs> I have him to thank for all of it
0: do you, is that a result of like the first few times you watch it I'm like wow this is a thing or is it like just like you're inundated with it and eventually it's like well, this has to be where my life goes. Like, do you, do you have any? Any? I'm just curious.
1: No, I think it was. Um, it was in high school, actually. After seeing this, that I started to feel like I was funny, and that was like a skill, mm-hmm. as opposed to just like some people are funny, some aren't. Right. Still, become a fucking accountant. Oh, can I swear? Oh yeah. Okay. Please do. Well, obviously. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> we've, we've said a few things so far. <laughs> um. So then I started kind of valuing that side of myself more and you know working on it i guess and mm-hmm. so yeah it was it was kind of like it was inspiration i guess yeah yeah
0: did any of it remind you of your own life because i can't specifically identify but i know there's stuff in it that rings so true
1: yeah like the ice cream truck <laughs> i think but you know he's talking about like a different situation with the ice cream truck but it felt like it's you know a common thing i love like the guy driving the ice cream truck is looking in the rearview mirror and be like watch these little motherfuckers run (laughs) and it's like we've i mean if you lived around an ice cream truck you would have to run after it and the like for me that was like just the most frustrating and sometimes like shame-filled thing as a kid like Jogging after an ice cream truck So desperate for your ice cream So There are definitely like through lines in there Yeah I mean this is the part where I'm like Was I just laughing at the expense of people Whose lives I have no connection with Maybe you know, But I feel then? like that
0: Sometimes starts that way though right And then eventually maybe you appreciate it more Sure right. we can all rewrite history and say Oh I, I appreciated the, the smartest parts of it from the beginning But like I don't know I know I laughed at dumb shit for the wrong reasons when I was a kid
1: Yeah like I'm looking back, and I'm like, I and my boyfriend at the time might have been laughing at the same stuff, mm-hmm. you know. But now, I'm seeing things a little differently, and uh, yeah, I don't know. That's,
0: but that's the whole purpose. I mean, like that's great. I mean, you you, what may have happened to you is exactly what you're talking about. The whole bit where he says faggot twenty times, and then eventually, kind of like somehow manages to humanize these people. Right, like it must have s- sunk in pretty heavy yeah though, you know? yeah I
1: mean it was part of it for sure
0: yeah god that's amazing like it's not often where you get to hear the specifics of how an album might have shaped somebody's life you know yeah that's true I what I wonder and I've you know I've never done like my kind of comedy is acting and writing mm-hmm. I've never done stand-up ever so when I listen to something like this there's this just something as simple as identifying like you said the the ice cream truck and having to run after it like, that's a fucking universal thing. Yes. And I grew up in rural upstate New York, mm-hmm. and there's, like, rarely an ice cream truck, but I still 100% identify with it somehow.
1: Right. So, give me this.
0: Give me this. You give me uh, a toast on my ball for my father, and I Give my mother's change. Thank you, Ice Man. Thank you. Thank you, Ice Man. Thank you, Ice Man. Thank you. Because you know kids, they get happy when they get ice cream. You don't eat your ice cream for, like, a half hour. You'd be dancing around with it going, I have
1: some ice cream. I have some ice cream I have some ice cream And I'm gonna eat it all I'm gonna eat all
0: the ice cream be running all down your arm and just
1: <laughs> I'm gonna eat all of my uh, ice cream uh,
0: There's always be one kid on the side Didn't get no ice cream And kids don't give a fuck They say You don't have no ice cream. You didn't get no na- you didn't get nice. you didn't get me, nice.
1: cause you are under welfare and can't afford it. He can't afford it, he can't afford it. And I don't know
0: where that comes from. Like, I don't know how that works. Like, at, in terms of comedy, like, is that a skill you think you can develop? Being able to nail down those specific
1: things? I mean, I think in some ways, but I also, I feel like he does, that's what he does, is he, like, takes a situation and then explores like every side and like spiders out into all of the nuance so that it does feel sort of universal. Yeah. Which like he starts off by being like I don't want faggots looking at my ass mm-hmm. and it'll start to get all hot. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> really offensive. Uh-huh. But then by the end of it he's talking about like two beloved humans, mm-hmm. you know, and who are fucking each other up the ass in a, like, kind of beautiful way. where <laughs> by oh. <laughs> Whereby the end, it's almost like you get duped. Yeah. And I think, like, even the barbecue, like, my family didn't have big old, like, family cookouts or anything. Sure. But we would have family get-togethers that would devolve into, like, dysfunction and drama. And so that was so relatable. Yeah. You know, he just made everything even like him hanging out with stevie wonder we're all like imagining right. that we could be hanging out with stevie wonder and we'd yep. also be like oh stevie you're cool but you just cannot <laughs> shut the fuck up just stop talking
0: yeah it does, it somehow manages again and it could be his 23 year old just uber confidence and cockiness that helps that that makes that work mm-hmm. but like you're right it's like why, why am I sitting there imagining something that will never happen to me
1: yeah god yeah. do you wonder like cause obviously I mean then his comedy took a pretty big shift mm-hmm. at some point I don't know what the point was but like you're not seeing him do things like that anymore yeah which obviously everyone evolves and everything mm-hmm. but like I wonder if he had sort of a like moment of like oh my god like there are people laughing at this for the wrong reason. Right. I'm gonna just start doing Dr. Doolittle. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah I, I have kind of like not specifically that but now that you bring it up I, I, I do wonder because that's a guy who could have and we've talked about this before who could have easily evolved into I mean I think we should appreciate the fact that he was the greatest comedian at that point. Yes. And therefore is one of the greatest comedians of all time but it would have been amazing to see him evolve from that right to be this good at 23 fuck you
1: yeah 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 uh
0: so yeah it's a really good point i i do want it's either that or just like hey beverly hills cop money is so tempting i don't know it's really hard
1: or yeah i mean it really could be either of those Mm we're like because you know thinking um i like i have friends who have a show mm-hmm. that definitely gets laughed at for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. or people think like you're cool I'm like you and they're like we're making fun of people like yeah, you actually yeah, yeah and like it's kind of hard to reconcile that cuz you don't want to fuel the fire of like ignorance or whatever right um, but in Eddie Murphy's case yeah I feel like it could have been this like uh, Yeah, like, I don't want to contribute to that anymore. Uh Or it could have been, like, I already did all of this, and I did, like, all of the this, like, heavy lifting Uh work that I do think, even though there are, like, ignorant parts to it, it is so smart and so brilliant. Yeah. And now I just want to, like, live my life and get paychecks. And
0: (laughs) he, I mean, he
1: did, I feel like he deserves it. I don't know. But it does feel like, oh, God, like, what would you be doing now if you had continued on yeah. that path because yeah. there was definitely at some point along the way like it seems like he made a real choice
0: yeah yeah, yeah. and I I'd, uh, I want what a, it would be fun it would be interesting to well obviously it would be great to just talk about these albums with Eddie Murphy himself Eddie you're always invited <laughs> except you know what's not going to happen that because his Twitter have you ever followed, you follow him on, on Twitter it's all music it's all just about his music uh,
1: wait is, so I don't know about his so cl- yeah. it's safe to say I'm not like a <laughs> I'm a delirious super fan sure I'm not like an Eddie Murphy super oh that's fan.
0: fine that's fine I, I mean, don't follow after this he okay in the first album there's a song at the end called boogie in your butt which is an also in, you know uh, mildly mm-hmm. it's homophobic What <laughs> will say it's a homophobic <laughs> song it's super funny because, again, it's not just... He does this thing that is that is just hurting my politically correct brain. That is like, yes. I'm just having fun with, homo- with the idea of homosexuality. I'm not judging it, but I think it's real funny when a guy talks like this. Like, that's <laughs> just to him the funniest thing in the world. So it's real hard... To, to pull these things together. Yeah. Um, but I'm then eventually he did the song Party All the Time, which maybe you've heard, maybe you have not heard. Mm-mm. Oh, you should look at it that. Okay. It's uh, produced by Rick James. It's this, He's a great singer. Um, not a great song, but it's fun. Like, it's a funny. And since then, I get, he's just he's been kind of doing more and more music as the years go along. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, his Twitter is not that much about his comedy. Although, did you see him at... Uh, it was either the Mark Twain Awards or... Kennedy Center Honors, one of those two where he presented. No. He did a bit, maybe two, three minutes, like, just a stand-up. Like, not, like, anything too mm-hmm. harsh, but, like, he even made fun of Bill Cosby a little bit. Like oh. Which I was shocked, because he wouldn't do it on SNL. He didn't do it on the 40-year thing. He was supposed to be Cosby.
1: Oh, you're yeah. kidding. Yeah, and
0: it would have been amazing, because he does the best Cosby on the planet.
1: Yeah. <sighs> oh.
0: Yeah. So... Anyway, sorry, I just totally got us off on a tangent because I, I, I want him to come back to stand up. Yeah, bit. me I really, too. I really, really, really do. Uh, I and I, it would be an interesting thing because at this point, he couldn't make those jokes even if he wanted to after getting caught with a, with a transsexual hooker, which is fine. I'm not judging that. I don't I'm know just about this That also that happened in the '90s. He got in trouble for for that, and
1: yeah, uh... I actually, I like love that because now, <laughs> I know, like, I, know. I that's like I want his voice right now, and like yes politics is so divisive, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I've been seeing Jim Jeffries, Uh um, little (laughs) things about like our gun control. And there was one I just saw yesterday about Trump and Mm -hmm. like how, how this is all, how it works. Yeah. Have you seen that?
0: I've only seen like trailer, like bits and pieces of for his new show.
1: Okay. And let me just, I mean, I'm, I'm extremely liberal. So Uh,
0: yeah. Don't You're among friends. Okay.
1: So (laughs) anyway, I love that, like, his take on things is this, like, unique perspective, and it's funny, and it's relatable, it's, like, digestible. It's something that I feel like I can post on my Facebook wall. Sure, yeah. And not have people, like, commenting, like, fuck you, you know, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like Eddie Murphy could do that. Like, he could give such interesting perspective on all these things that kind of unites people, like what we're talking about, where it's, like, I feel like he can give a perspective of the person who is on one side of things yeah. and then bridge it to the other so yeah God, I don't that's know. a
0: good point point. and i feel like too that i feel the same way but what's funny is like neither of us really know how good his stand-up would actually be now in terms of a skill but i think we both know he has a voice that can somehow convey these things with such simplicity yes that it feels like oh he could fall right back into it
1: yeah we oh yeah you know it i feel like he could just like yeah like throw on some shoes and go out to the comedy store and slay like yeah. not even oh, god. I'm sure it takes more than that but sure
0: but yeah I don't know what I'd do if Eddie Murphy showed up to a comedy club oh my god
1: <laughs> it looks, uh,
0: um, so okay that, so that's interesting too that you listen you, again you've seen the special a million times but you didn't so this didn't lead you necessarily seeking out other Eddie Murphy stuff. Is there a reason for yeah, that? Yeah, no,
1: that's so... I'm kind of... My my husband gives me shit about this, because I'm kind of like that. Like, I was... You know, I, there were certain bands he, like, makes endless fun of me, because I was, like, really into the, a 311 album in high school. Yeah. I'm painting a real picture of myself. Um, but, like it never went beyond I can just be I've never been the person who then like follows that person or is into that person's personal life at all like there are people whose art I've loved and then I found out later that they were like terrible people as we all have but for me it was like holy shit I had no idea Mm -hmm. and had I known I mean I would have been bummed and I, I I don't really consume art from people that suck sure so, I guess I was living in glorious <laughs> <laughs> ignorance for quite a while. But, yeah, I'm not, like, I don't find out about the people behind the art very yeah. often, which is...
0: I don't know. There's, there's something to that, though. Uh, I've had people try and say, oh, yeah, maybe, uh, you probably don't want to talk about Cosby. It's like, well, no, I, I don't. I absolutely do not want to. Actually, I will recommend highly that if you want to hear us talk about Cosby, the most recent time we did it was with Dan Telfer. And he just... It's the most brilliant screed against li- even listening to. He's like, you should throw out your Cosby albums. Oh. I will admit, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> uh, only because they were an investment. Actually, no, the ones yeah. that I've really kept are... A friend of mine bought two like Chinese bootlegs of Bill Cosby albums. And like just out, based off of that idea, I kept those.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, it's a
0: very strong argument. It's, it's, it's wonderful to listen Yeah, but I... I can appreciate not wanting to know that stuff, but where do you where do you go from Eddie Murphy? He's like, eh, I'll just try other comedy, or I'm curious.
1: Yeah, it wasn't very I wish it had been a little bit more like um self-motivated because (laughs) I kind of just let things come to me. Sure, no, I get that. Like that album fell into my life and clearly I really ran it into the ground for myself. (laughs) What is all that fucking noise? Lillian, the bitch is falling down the steps again.
0: Oh, 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 Lillian, Lillian. What's wrong, Bunny? I fell down the steps. Oh, Bunny fell down the steps. Bunny fell down the steps. Eddie, go get your Aunt Bunny something cool for her head. What happened? Bunny fell down the steps. Gus, what the fuck is wrong with your wife? Why can't she walk the flight of steps? You come over every motherfucker year, Gus, and you burn down my motherfucker backyard, and your wife rips down the steps. Why? I work hard to get my place beautiful. And then the motherfucker come over and rip the
1: steps down. Look at the motherfucking steps. They fucked up, guys. After college, I moved to LA, and I started doing stand-up. And um, then, yeah, like, I haven't sought out other comedians. I've just kind of been surrounded by people. And I have been very good about, like, if there are people that I'm like, oh, my God, I think you're so incredible, Mm -hmm. like, I'll try to connect with them more. Like, we had a comedy podcast, and so I would have those people over to talk with for, you know... So, like, there's so many people who I admire so much that I've gotten to know that way. But it was never like me. I don't know. I'm kind of like a lazy consumer. <laughs> I don't know. There's nothing. I don't know. That doesn't,
0: especially for somebody like me, like, that doesn't bug me. I, like, I kind of like the idea of it, that that's the way you absorb yeah. it. It's the more, It's the way most people, I think, absorb comedy. Yeah. so wouldn't that technically put you more in touch with any potential audience in some ways
1: well I feel that way about music too you know like my husband's in music and Mm -hmm. like many of my friends have very refined musical Mm tastes and when it comes to like entertainment I've always just kind of liked what I like and I'm not like I'm not like worried about what that says about me or like about what my tastes Say as like representative of sure, me, sure, And I always, I mean, I feel like I'm such a perfect like person to say what is going to be a top forty hit because that's kind of like what I like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know, I I like it all. Like if I hear good stuff, this indie, I like it. I I like it all, but I definitely um, I haven't like curated. My entertainment in a way that defines myself at all It's yeah. just kind of like I like who I like, and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Even though I get shit, you know, I've, there's some things I I mentioned three eleven. There are there are lots of things like that. I like love Huey Lewis in the news. Oh well,
0: that's there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's solid. I mean, not that you give a shit, which I, I appreciate. That you don't give a fuck. Like that's 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 a good thing. Um, Kitty Lewis, man. Sorry. Uh, are there any other "quote unquote" embarrassing bands from the '90s that you, you want to talk about that you like? Because now I kind of want to know if you like Dave Matthews Band.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> Me too. I used to really. I don't know if I still like them or not. I. It's become such a thing to pick on them that now I can't remember if I genuinely would still like them.
1: Yeah, I had like a, like a, real stint of having like sexual fantasies with Dave Matthews, <laughs> which. Are... And, like, my husband always gives me shit about Dave Matthews. And I don't even have him on my you know my iPod anymore. But, like, yeah, he was, like, a, a big part of that era of my life. Yeah. I went to fish shows. Uh-huh. You know, I was, like, that that person, I guess, yeah. in the Midwest who was, like, we're going to fish shows and doing mushrooms and <laughs> weren't even real. And
0: Did you seek out any other comedy, though, at all? <coughs> or was it just Eddie Murphy? And then you're like, ah, well, I'm going to do comedy now. I'm curious, like, what... What other stuff was influencing your comedy brain? I guess
1: Saturday Night Live. Okay. And that was kind of it. Yeah? It was like Eddie Murphy, SNL, mm-hmm. and then like Friends and Seinfeld sure. and TV shows. But like, stand-up-wise, it was pretty much just Eddie Murphy. And wow. I started doing stand-up here just because, um, like, I moved to L.A. when I was 20 from after college. Mm-hmm. And... I was wanted to pursue acting. I got a degree in economics. Okay. And but like the whole time I wanted to do acting, but my dad was like you're not going to go to college for acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when I got here though, I looked how I look exactly right now when mm-hmm. I was 20 years old. I was not like a 20-year-old looking <laughs> like my headshots look actually like i'm 37 and then soccer <laughs> mom and so i was unable to do anything i wasn't mm-hmm. able to get parts and this was like there was groundlings in second city but ucb was not here mm-hmm. um the only way i felt like i could like self like be doing something was stand up so i would just right. go to like comedy store and laugh factory and do open mics and then i moved to new york and um, actually, do you know who Dan Powell is?
0: I know the name, but I won't claim to know him.
1: Okay, so he's a genius, brilliant, com- comedic mind. Mm-hmm. And he's the co-creator and EP for Amy Schumer. Oh, okay. And he went to my high school. Uh uh-huh. But when I moved to New York, I was doing an open mic, and my friend emailed me, and she's like, I have a friend who's doing an open mic in New York, if you want to go check it out. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the like list of people, and it, he wasn't her friend, but he his headshot was there. And I was oh. like, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> and then the next day, I saw him on the subway. And I sat down, and I was like, do you do stand-up? And he was like, did you go to Country Day in St. Louis? <laughs> and I like hadn't connected it. And so he took me to my first ASCAT show at UCB. Mm-hmm. And that was like I was a goner. I yeah. was just like, I have to do this and I like uh, developed a one woman show in the Lower East Side and then I spanked it at UCB and that was mm-hmm. like how I got my start. Wow. That's yeah.
0: crazy. Stuff does keep falling in your lap. Yeah. It's great though. <laughs> it I, does. I know there's it's nothing very wrong weird. with it. Because at least it's one thing is if it falls in your lap, you don't do anything with it. It's another thing it falls in your lap and you're like, Oh, here's an opportunity. Um, man, that's funny. It, it's just, and it's appropriate because n- Eddie Murphy is just, I don't know, he's the story, I marvel every time we talk about him because he started stand-up when he was like, what, 15, I think? Yeah. Got on SNL and he was 19, like, I was a prodigy. Been
1: so, so jealous of people who, like, knew it mm-hmm. and did it. Yeah. And my husband was like that, like, from the age of six, he knew what he wanted to do, which was... Yeah produce music for female artists like a very specific that's crazy so he would get cds and like be reading the liner notes and like remembering no. who produced what just super nerdy about it's
0: amazing it.
1: and like at ucb zach woods mm-hmm. was probably like 18 and was like doing part of these improv teams and doing that's all this crazy. stuff and i always would look at him and be like like he just knew, that yeah. He did it, and that's so cool to me.
0: Yeah, I and I definitely respect it, that. and that's kind of what I mean. If you listen to this album or watch the special, it's what you're listening to or seeing. You're seeing this, just like that's where the cockiness comes from. But I, there's part of me thinks like he maybe almost sort of respects the power he has. Otherwise, he would he could just say faggot a million times and have no point to it.
1: Right. He does a
0: fart joke, but he does kind of an intelligent fart joke, like the Elvis yeah yeah like it kind of like it plays off and like because i'm listening to him like man that's a good elvis impression and i start singing along with him i'm like and then he does the fart i'm like i forgot that time, <laughs> like he like. got me oh god that is so that should just the word lemonade should not be funny really i give credit where credit is due when elvis was young he was a bad motherfucker boy elvis was bad he was vicious sing his ass off he sang so good they let him do movies he couldn't act They said, fuck it, let him sing all this dialogue. They did, everything Elvis said, he said, Elvis, we gotta win this race. We gotta win this race. Elvis, want some lemonade? Lemonade. That cool, refreshing drink. Let him sing till it was over, too. Elvis was 42 years old. Remember right before he croaked? He would come out, his stomach was all fat and shit. And his butt be sticking out and shit. Looking like he had his shitty walk on the stage like that.
1: I've lived a life that's full. I've traveled each and every all way more, <laughs> what's more than this? Excuse me.
0: Sing. That's what you're hearing. Like you're hearing this pure genius. Like this guy who's always known. Like, yeah, that's a really good point. That's that's a really good way to look at it.
1: Yeah, and his youth, I think, is, like, it's gives him the freedom to have, like, the lack of filter, which I feel mm-hmm. like with age comes either being jaded sure. or being, like, extra cautious and mm-hmm. understanding that, like, your words and actions affect people, okay. and, like, it's kind of a beautiful gift that he does not have any of that
0: but how he has any perspective on what it was like. Well, maybe it's just that he's so close to what it was like being a kid. That, like by the time I'm 22, when I first heard this, I'm like, how does he remember so vividly what it's like to be a kid, mm-hmm. Like, And I'm trying to remember if it's which album it is. It's not this one, but where he does like, he does another drunk father bit to the point where you're like, oh, his dad had a problem. And that's a lot of what he had to deal with. Right. So like, that's why it's so accurate. And that's why it's kind of heartbreaking yeah. at the same time. And it's just like, He just... He remembers his shit so vividly. He holds on to it. Yeah. And I don't know... For me, that would be a curse. Well, I'm thinking,
1: like, yeah, I feel bad. Like, maybe that's why he just decided, like, you know, I've kind of reached the highest heights. It's time to, like... Yeah. ...publicly dumb down my comedy a little bit. (laughs) Maybe. Not that there's any... You know, now that I'm a mom, and Mm -hmm. I'm like, there is total value in, like, kids' movies and things like that. That, you know... But it is just such a drastic like <laughs> swiveling pivot yeah you know
0: even the last Beverly Hills Cop movie is kind of a kid's movie it's kind of weird I haven't straight. seen it it's not great okay the first two were fun the first one's great the second one's pretty good the third one, not great uh okay so if you're gonna recommend this album to anybody who's never heard it before you're the perfect person to ask this question like why listen to this album this is the only comedy album you're familiar with really so what's a good reason to tell somebody else to give this thing a listen let's say This is, somebody has no choice, and this is the one album they have to listen to for the rest of their life, what's a good reason to listen to it?
1: Um, Well, A is just so funny. Mm -hmm. I think, I think kind of what we were just talking about, I think it's like phenomenal seeing a child basically, Mm -hmm. like, blowing our minds, (laughs) and with such, like, unfaltering confidence, Yeah. Uh and I also just feel like it's I feel like now it's very interesting to see this historically like this is what was going on in the 80s mm-hmm. and like how things it is kind of jarring to listen to I'm talking about like you know you got to be careful with the gays you're going to walk away and have that aids on your hands Yeah yeah stuff like that yeah. that's like wow it wasn't that long ago mm-hmm. you know are those good reasons?
0: those are all yeah. solid reasons those but mostly
1: all... I think it's just so funny if anyone still smokes pot mm-hmm. like that's I don't really anymore but I do mm-hmm. feel like someday I will again and someday I'll watch this and mm-hmm. we'll just like giggle my giggle my ass off
0: <laughs> I would recommend I've never done this before a good pairing would be to like watch this or listen to it and then throw on Trading Places. And I don't know if you've ever seen Trading Places. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. But that'll show you this guy's range, because that movie is its the same kind of thing. Like, in this, there's a lot of, like, kind of... You can't call it drama, but it's very realistic when Mm he talks about what it's like to be a kid. And then when you watch Trading Places, there's some shit where he's, like, a real... Like, when his character turns into this garbage, like yuppie
1: yeah oh interesting he's got
0: so much range and i just feel like this album is a really good example of that too you don't get that in comedy albums too
1: much yeah and oh i was gonna say like the kid stuff mm-hmm. i feel like what was so interesting about that in in delirious is like he watching that i was like yes it it perfectly like encapsulates what it feels like to be a kid in the mm-hmm. sense that like oh sorry mm-hmm. he, he makes it you're watching it, and he shows what it's like to be a kid in the sense of like, I'm a child alone in the world. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I think of children, I think that they're like, you know, cared for, and we're like, sure, the parents leading them and stuff. But he's showing an example of like, from the child's perspective, of like, my parents are fighting, mm-hmm. like, I'm getting ice cream on my own, and <laughs> like, dealing with other kids, teasing them. And he's the kid teasing the kid with the ice cream cone. Like, he chooses to be the asshole in the situation, mm-hmm. which is so funny. Yeah. I just... I... Yeah. I love it.
0: I think that that, that whole moment, you say, I got some ice cream. That whole song <laughs> is kind of what it's like to be a kid. And it goes... It's It's got peaks and valleys, just this whole little bit. And yeah.
1: Do you want to lick psych?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I get such a huge reaction, too. I really love that. Ah. Uh, well... Okay, like I said, I don't know when this thing is going to come out, but you can tell people where to find you, and if there's anything that might be coming up.
1: Yeah, um, well, I'm on Twitter at Totally Lame, and um, my podcasts are at Mm totallylame.com. We have three podcasts, and the names sound dumb. (laughs) It's Totally Married, Totally Mommy, and then my husband has Totally Beverages and sometimes Hot Sauce. (laughs) Um, and those are all just because the original podcast was totally lame, right. and then I wanted to keep the totally thing. But so. now they sound—they sound so stupid. But <laughs> we have fun. Yeah,
0: that's good. That's yeah. perfect. I—I um, I really, honestly like listening to the, the beverages show only because, like, I'm a nerd for that, that shit. And, oh, good. And it, he and I have emailed a couple times, like, you should try this and try this. Because. Oh, but good. I, my Soda Stream is like this. It's become this sort of science lab. Oh, you know? like, yeah. Like, what can I do? I made Earl Grey Soda. It's one of the greatest things I've ever had in my life. What? Yeah, it's good. That is genius. It's, it's really good. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's a fucking sidebar. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you again for doing the show.
1: Thanks for having me. This is so fun.
0: Um, go to ComedyOnVinyl.com. You probably already went there. Go to Going Go to LookingForwardMovie.com. By the time this comes out, my movie should still be going out. One blog at a time. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and as always, have a good thing. Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. Please visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, and if you like us, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Comedy on Vinyl, Twitter at Comedy on Vinyl, and find everything else at ComedyOnVinyl.com. A major portion of Comedy on Vinyl has been underwritten by Stand Up Records. Please visit StandUpRecords.com for all your comedy needs and tune in to the new stand-up channel available on the Roku, where you can also find select episodes of this podcast.